The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic to cosplay to Schitt's Creek to Supernatural and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. On this episode, we are going to be discussing actor Keanu Charles Reeves. Yes, I wanted to put his middle name in there just because it's on the IMDb mini biography. So if you don't know who Keanu Reeves is, I mean, I'm sure everybody knows who Keanu Reeves is. But if you didn't know this, which if you didn't know this, this is weird because everybody likes to say it. His first name means cool breeze over the mountains in Hawaiian. Keanu Reeves was born September 2nd, 1964 in Beirut, Lebanon. He's the son of Patricia Taylor, a showgirl and costume designer, and Samuel Nolan Reeves, a geologist. Keanu Reeves has appeared as an actor in 104 different projects. That's right, 104 different projects starting in the 80s all the way up to now. After a few stage gigs and a handful of made-for-TV movies, Keanu scored a supporting role in the Rob Lowe hockey flick Young Blood from 1986, which was filmed in Canada, where Keanu was at the time. Um, shortly after the production wrapped, that's when Reeves headed for Hollywood. And he really, really got on the radar in 1986 for the very dark film River's Edge and then landed a supporting role in the Oscar-nominated Dangerous Liaisons. And I think the 80s is when he started peaking popularity towards the late 80s and then the 90s, of course, it kicked off. He's had many different facets of his career, starting as being like the stoner guy, really is what he was typecast as, then the action star, and then just kind of a mix of all of that. The, the indie star, also doing mainstream stuff. He's done a few romance, romantic films, a few romantic comedies, romantic drama, all that jazz. So he's pretty much done everything. He uh, also is not afraid to poke fun at himself. He's also, as we learned in our Celebrity Conspiracy episode, he is immortal. <laughs> but there is the Celebrity Conspiracy that he is immortal because he doesn't <laughs> so go back and listen to our celebrity conspiracies episode to hear more about Keanu Reeves and his immortality. But before we dive into all things Keanu, and we're just going to be going over his career by decades is kind of how we're going to do it and just talk about some of our favorites 
and what we think about his career in certain periods of time. But before we do that, I'm going to go around and have my panelists introduce themselves and tell me one thing other than Keanu Reeves that they're into right now in pop culture. Carla. Hi. Yes. Thank you, Erin. I am currently into the book that I just finished, which is called Hannah Khan Carries On. It's an excellent book. It has, it touches on, on a lot of different things. It's about family. It's about friendship. There's romance in it. It's about, it's set in Toronto and it's about a Muslim woman who is in her early twenties and she is just kind of at a crossroads in her life. Her family's at a crossroads with their, with their family business and with like a bunch of stuff and then stuff happens and it's, I think it's, it's a lovely book. It's a quick read. The characters are super lovable. And I, 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 I don't know how much more I can say without giving away some really important stuff. But I, I really, if, if, you know, if you're up for like reading something and you want to read something that's really good that I say is really good, because I say it's really good especially if you want to acknowledge my literary prowess and knowledge, then you definitely want to read Hannah Khan carries on. (laughs) You need any other endorsement? (laughs) Apparently Aaron does, but outside of that, it was just, sorry. I don't need any other. (laughs) (laughs) I need, I need some endorsements. Some celebrity endorsements to endorse. Um, I'm I'm kind of famous on Twitter. Okay, I have over a thousand followers. So do I, and at least three of them like my tweets most of the time. (laughs) So the fact that I'm not a checkmark yet is only because I'm not trying. Does that man that is dead to me, Tay Diggs, still follow you? Um, yes, Tay and I are besties. I told him that, that you're salty, and he's like, I'm sorry she's not you. And I was like, I know, right? Tay, <laughs> okay, I'm never going to forget <laughs> you for not following me back. You follow everybody back, but you don't follow me back. <laughs> All because I didn't like your performance in Equilibrium. Karma didn't either. <laughs> Shh, we don't need to, to alert Tay to that fact. It's okay. Christian already did. Uh, <laughs> so, so Danelle, other than Keanu, <laughs> what are you into right now? Oh my gosh. How do I, how can I follow that? Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I can't, I know. <laughs> right now, um, I would have to say that I'm really into The Sandman. Um, I'm really enjoying their adaptation on Netflix right now. It's haunting, it's beautiful, um, amazing casting performances. Um, I love Neil Gaiman's work, so I, I'm finding it extraordinary, and I'm really enjoying it. So if you haven't caught it yet, I definitely recommend it. And I recommend Neil Gaiman on Twitter uh, because oh, yeah. he's, he's incredible. Yeah, he's <laughs> savage. I love it. Like, he's there's awesome. been some people who have been giving him some crap about the show, and his responses are just chef's kiss beautiful, okay? Like, they are, mm-hmm. yeah. 
it's it's pretty incredible so i'm enjoying that we're getting a lot of that in the salmon group that i'm in in facebook so a lot of people are sharing that stuff so it's fun yeah he's awesome and then also a plug for our san diego comic-con coverage episode i spoke with jim bats who i just i i love him i loved speaking with him and he directed a short that is um, also narrated by Mr. Gaiman and it's called the um, the grave of St. Oren and it's it's a beautiful little short animated film um, I don't know if it's available really for people to watch yet or not but go and listen to that interview I spoke with him for a little bit over 20 minutes it was before the con started but he was going to be at the convention so go listen to that I loved that and he talked a lot about uh, working with Neil and how amazing Neil is about his work and being not too precious about his work. And as far as like being open to people adapting it and, you know, stuff like that. So it's, it's a really interesting interview. So, yep. So Paula, other than Keanu Charles Reeves, I just want to say his middle name again. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, <laughs> what are you into right now? I've been listening to an audio drama podcast called Tower Four. It's about this guy, Mike, who's a, um, a fire watcher in the woods of Wyoming, and he's kind of isolated. He's only got one other person that's like within radio contact of him. And he starts getting these like weird uh, radio interference and he's hearing these strange noises. So it's kind of like this mystery of what's going on. And uh, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. So that's what I've been doing lately. Hmm. You know, I have never really listened to an audio drama podcast before, which is really weird because I actually was talking last year about us doing one of those this summer that obviously didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. So I'll have to check out one someday. So I'd like to do one just because it'd be fun to. Oh, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Acting thing. That's why I was like, you know, considering that because I was like, I don't have enough. I have too much free time, so right. Now <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's some. Oh, I'm so bored. Got nothing to do. Yes. <laughs> that, oh, there's some good me. ones out there. There's also some like anthology, um, anthology podcasts where they just do every every episode is a different story by different authors, things like that. There's there's mm -hmm. some good ones out there. Yeah. Well, our um, vice unofficial mascot, Mr. Finn Whitrock. I know he's done one which is why it's shocking i've never even oh, not even yeah. finn <laughs> don't tell him that oh don't listen to this I, finn <laughs> she, just not yet not yet she'll get to not it yet. she'll get to yes. it yes <laughs> okay and well other than mr reeves it feels weird to say Mr. Reeves with Keanu. I don't know why. But other than Keanu, what I am into, and I know I've mentioned this before, but I'm mentioning it again because I just watched, I think it was episode seven was the last one. The reality show Claim to Fame, which you can watch on Hulu. It's an ABC show. I love this show. If you don't know what this is, this is a bunch of people that are related to famous people. They're living in a house. And they are taking on fake names and the other contestants, you know, they play games to try and figure out who's related to who. You can lie about certain things. And then, you know, whoever gets up for guess off, they have guess offs at the end of each episode. And so someone decides whose celebrity relative they're going to guess. 
And if they get it right, then that person gets eliminated. And if they get it wrong, then the person who's the guesser gets eliminated and their celebrity relative gets revealed. And it's just, you know, on the surface, before I started watching this, I'm like, I'm going to hate this. I just kind of turned it on for fun. I love this show so dang much. <laughs> it's so entertaining. And some of these relatives are hilarious. I don't want to give away too much. But the last one and the person that got eliminated when they revealed who her celebrity grandmother was, which we all already knew as the viewers, her, her exit was quite something. <laughs> really hilarious and it left the, the Jonas Brothers host this by the way and it left them like completely speechless and everybody kind of completely speechless in fact she left and kind of just said fuck you it was kind of hilarious and there's one person you know it right away you know it just by looking at her she's the sister of Simone Biles <laughs> and everybody knows because she's the most obvious of all of them on there that have been on there and so nobody wants to eliminate her because they're like, she's the most obvious one. I want to keep her. But now they're wanting to because she wins everything and all this stuff because <laughs> it runs in the family. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. So I recommend that if you're looking for some mindless fun to watch. Okay, so we're going to dive into Keanu Reeves right now. And I wanted to just share another little fun little trivia thing that I learned today. And I don't know, probably my panelists already knew this, but did my panelists know that the Art Center College of Design in California, I don't know if they still offer it, but they did offer a Keanu Reeves class. <laughs> so you'd study his filmography. Do they I'm offer sorry. online courses? <laughs> <laughs> Can I audit this class? Right? <laughs> And this is not something that Keanu knew. And when he found out, he was pretty shocked. But yes. <laughs> so, so if you're looking for some, I don't know if they still offer it, but if you're looking to go to school and you're not sure where to go, and this would be the deciding factor for you. <laughs> I mean, it would be the deciding factor for me, for sure. <laughs> yes. Same. Where yeah, was that in my college, like, brochures? Right. <laughs> I went to film school. We did not study Keanu Reeves. <laughs> they did not have these types of classes when I when I went to school. Well, this was like in I think this was in the '90s when they started offering this. It was a long time ago, so I don't know. What are you trying to say, Erin? About when we went to school? Oh, well, sorry, I mean, I was babies. still in high school at that time, but still, <laughs> I was totally in kindergarten, everybody. But I was really smart. I was in preschool. <laughs> I I do think all of us on here are young baby Gen Xers. <laughs> and I do <laughs> and I do think Keanu is a Gen X part of our generation. He's an actor. That's, I'm not saying other generations don't love him because I think I think Keanu now and I don't think this was always the case, but I think Keanu is kind of universally loved i just do i think he's one of those few actors that no matter what you think of him as far as like his movies or anything like that him personally i think most people personally like him because of who he is and because of everything you hear about him i don't think just because remembering when i was growing up i don't think that was always the case 
but it definitely is now. So yes, I just wanted to say that. And I know my feelings on Keanu Reeves have definitely changed over the years, which I'll discuss that when we get to different periods in time. So first, what first what I'm going to go over is we did have a poll that we did. We asked the question on Instagram, but we had a poll on Twitter about what your favorite Keanu Reeves role is. And we had, of course, uh, Ted Theodore Logan from the Bill and Ted movies. We had John Wick and then Neo from the Matrix series. And then I had other and you could comment. On Twitter, it was it was really neck and neck, but the Instagram vote put it over to be a tie between Neo and John Wick. Ted got some, but not a lot. And then over on Instagram, I had two um, a two write-ins. So one uh, was Julian from Something's Got to Give, which that one really surprised me. <laughs> Just that someone would say that if they're favorite, not as an insult to that. And then also another one was because he just recently did the voice of Batman. So that was another one that was given. So there's the results on there. I don't know if that will be the favorites here. I'll ask my panelists when we're done who their favorite Keanu Reeves character is. Because we're going to be going over some of the favorite movies. But character may be different. But what I first want to know, Carla, is... What was the first Keanu Reeves movie that you remember seeing? This feels like being at a sleepover and it's like, okay, <laughs> so you've been kissed, right? Okay. Oh my God. Yes. Um, so <laughs> who, was it? who was your first kiss? Oh my God. I don't want to say I'm so embarrassed, everybody. But like, okay, I'll tell you. Just like, don't tell anybody else. <sighs> All right. Ted Theater Logan. He was my first because he wasn't my first kiss. He was my first Keanu Reeves impression of him on screen. I loved him so much. I think that is. I, I know that he was in other stuff before that, but I think that's like. If anybody really thinks about it from our generation, that might be the first time that they paid attention to him. On screen, like as an actor. Where there wasn't like a Rob Lowe taking up air. We don't need to get into my Rob Lowe thing. This is not the forum for that. But yeah. Ted Theater Logan. Okay. You're like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> that was adorable. Don't tell anybody else. <laughs> and this is should... the point where everybody picks up their their um their house phone and like dials and it's like, hi, is Ted there? Oh, don't, don't, don't. oh my god, you guys, you can't do that. And there's no caller ID. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> um, that was hilarious. I feel like we should start playing seven minutes in heaven or something. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I brought this down here, but don't tell anybody, okay? <laughs> I brought down my dad's Manischewitz. But you can only have one suit because you can totally tell. Oh my god. Not the man of shadows. No. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, so I, I mean, I know we're all huge Keanu fans, but I do think, and I could be wrong, and maybe I'll change my mind in this, but I think of all my panelists on, 
I think Danelle is probably the biggest Keanu fan that we have on, <laughs> I would say, hands down. So Danelle, I don't know if this was hard for you to answer, but what was the first Keanu film you remember seeing that left an impression on you? Oh, goodness. I actually think I'm going to have to go with Carla. I'm pretty sure it was Ted. I'm pretty sure it was Bill and Ted. Um, but I also remember um, seeing Youngblood. Um, but I don't know if he quite left an impression because he's not in that movie very much. And shortly after I saw Bill and Ted, I ended up seeing a couple of those early films like Permanent Record. So, and I'll go into that later. But yeah, so I would say Ted. Yeah. And I just loved him from, I've totally loved him since then. <laughs> So it's been a long time and I put up with a lot of crap from people because of my love of Keanu. And now that everybody loves him, I find it hysterical. I'm like, yeah, bitches get in line. I was here first. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet you have. I bet you have. Because like I said, that it, this universal love of Keanu has not been universal forever. No. <laughs> no, he was. Yeah. He, yeah so he and does we'll, so I'll much crap. Talk about and, that. Nobody deserves yes. it more than him, though, the, the universal love. I, it does my heart so good to see that. I think it's so well-deserved. And I hope he feels it as a person because the guy's been through so much crap. So he deserves yes. it. Yeah, I'm just happy to All see All our it. love for him. Yeah, he's just, uh, love him. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paula, what was your first Keanu? Was it Ted too? It was also not Ted, Ted. Not the movie Ted too. Yeah, but... it was. It was also Bill and Ted. it was. It was, which I actually saw in the theater. Me too. Yeah. One thing that I just want to throw out there about the the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure movie is that there was a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure cereal. Yes. Yes, there was. Which I didn't know about until like it, it it started showing up on the shelves at the dollar store, and so of course we had to get a couple boxes of that, and it came with this little thing, and it was like the the phone booth, and you could open it and put cassettes in it. Wow! It didn't play anything; awesome. it was just for storage, but it was really cool. Oh, that's awesome, though. Like you guys, I'm just the coolest person at the sleepover. Right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. If you had that, yes, you would have been mega cool and. Well, I'm going to break the trend here of <laughs> I know, I kind of feel like I shouldn't break this trend, but I'm... Oh, my God. What a shock. The film school what? student is the one who's not... Like, their first experience of Keanu was not Ted Theater Logan. Okay, go ahead, Erin. It's not going to be... <laughs> it's not going to be a film school snobby thing although it probably was a river river's edge but I, but because I, <laughs> I love that movie i think that totally tracks for you erin i i'm with i that totally tracks for you i love it that's why I was not gonna say it. I was like, I'm not gonna say this one because it's too on brand for me. But it's true. I'm sure. I'm sure it's true. But but what I was gonna say is Parenthood is what I was actually gonna give a mention to. But I because I think that was the first one that I saw in in a theater, and that was why I wanted to give a mention to it. So I remember seeing that in the theater, and I love that movie anyway. But 
you know, and, and that movie also, you know, if you don't know, because of that movie, because he played uh, Martha Plimpton's characters, you know, his, he was he ended up marrying her character in that. And Martha Plimpton at that time, if, if you don't know, was dating River Phoenix and River Phoenix became Keanu Reeves' best friend. They were incredibly close and they've done a couple movies together, of course, and we'll get to that. So, yeah, so that's an, I, and I'm already thinking next year, I think we will actually talk about River Phoenix because I really want to discuss River Phoenix at some point because that's one of the greatest losses of our generation, I would say, is is that, so. Yeah, I just brought the whole room down. But yeah, River's Edge. That was really bummer sometimes. I'll be honest. I had to really think about it because I couldn't. It it took me a minute to remember if I saw Bill and Ted or Parenthood first. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, came out real close together. Yeah, they're all kind of in the same kind of few year span there. Yeah, so it's hard. And Bill and Ted that was actually shelved for like three years before it was even released. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that was really like he had filmed that before Dangerous Liaisons because he wanted to move away from the stoner thing. And so he'd filmed that. And then um, and then Bill and Ted came out and then that just kind of threw all that that he was trying to do out the window. So, yeah. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Okay, so we're going to first start with his work in the 80s and the 90s. And I know I'm combining two decades together, but I just kind of wanted to do that for time and just to go through that. So I wanted to just go over some of his the 80s and 90s roles that he's known for. And then also just kind of what his career was like at that time. And the 80s, really late 80s. He was really much more of that stoner, um, that stoner guy, really. That's what he was kind of known for. I mean, even in River's Edge, he was like the stoner guy. Even in um, like Permanent Record, which I knew Danelle would be the only other person that I knew for sure would know of this movie. Because this is a movie that I had recorded on VHS and love. I love this movie. I just watched it again today for the first time in like decades. So, and I still cried, but he still plays kind of a stoner in that movie. He's really good, but he plays a stoner. And then, of course, he tried to break out of that a little bit with Dangerous Liaisons, which if you don't know what Dangerous Liaisons is, if you've seen Cruel Intentions, you've seen the modern version of Dangerous Liaisons. And of course, Dangerous Liaisons was also a remake or was in the English version. I believe there was a different film before that. Anyway, so he was in that one because he wanted to kind of break out of that and wanted to be taken more seriously because he wasn't really taken seriously. And of course, Parenthood, which we mentioned. And then the 90s came along and he did, um, there's some standouts. We already said Bill and Ted before from the 80s and the 90s were the other sequels to the Bill and Ted movies. Uh, but the 90s, before the one that I think kind of changed a little bit of where he was pigeonholed in, 
Um, but he did a movie called I Love You to Death that I absolutely adore, which is based on a real story about a housewife that hires hitmen to kill her husband who's been cheating on her. And this also is the first project that Keanu did with River Phoenix, who is really great in this movie, too. And Keanu plays another stoner type guy, kind of, a little bit in this one. Um, and then I think one of the other big, big, big standouts from the 90s before we get to that movie in 1994 about a bus that can't go over a certain speed. Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> It's really the way around that one. Um, He starred in Gus Van Sant's My Own Private Idaho, which I think is probably among us film school geeks. I'm just going to put it that way. Is probably everyone's favorite, I will be honest, from that time. This, of course, did lead to a lot of stuff in his personal life where there were all the rumors about his sexuality, which we will not get into because we're not that kind of show. Um, But this, if you don't know, he plays um, a male hustler alongside uh, River Phoenix and River Phoenix character has uh, narcolepsy. And River Phoenix's character is also really, really madly in love with Keanu Reeves' character in this movie. This movie is heartbreaking. This movie is sad. This movie is so, so sad. But I think it is essential viewing, honestly, if you're going to watch Keanu Reeves' movies and you haven't watched this movie, watch it. And also because River Phoenix is... Oh, gosh, he's breathtakingly good in this movie. And then, in well, he also did Dracula. He was also in the Paula Abdul video, Rush, Rush, which led to rumors about him and Paula Abdul, which we all knew. Or not knew, but we all saw that uh, video a hundred billion times. And then Much Ado About Nothing was his Shakespeare turn, uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh. And then in 1994 came a little movie that could. (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) He pressed the up button in the elevator and he got on board. (laughs) I mean, he did point break before this. Accelerated his career. (laughs) When he did the movie that launched Sandra Bullock's career. And that was Speed, um, which I, uh, I'll go over that when I get to my turn, my impressions of this movie. And that kind of changed his career a little bit, but he didn't do the sequel. He wouldn't do the sequel. And I think a lot of the reason he wouldn't is he didn't want to get stuck in the action hero thing, even though I think that's kind of what he's known as now, to be honest. And this is kind of where that started. But then he broke away from that and then he went back to it, like when he did the movie that didn't do well but Johnny Mnemonic which he took over the role um, that actually Val Kilmer dropped out of that movie and he took that over we're going to talk about Val Kilmer later this year uh, then he was in the little the romance a walk in the clouds he was in the movie The Devil's Advocate when we get to me I'll go over my own personal feelings about that movie and then came another huge huge movie huge turning point in his career and that was The Matrix and I think in 99 and I think that also 
that was the one that really, I think, speed, but I think The Matrix, more than anything, was the real turning point in his career. And I think ever since The Matrix, his career kind of took a different turn and he became a little bit more popular in a different way. I think that was the movie that kind of started it. And then late after 2015, kind of like in his past decade, is when he's really become the beloved star that he is. So I want to know, Carla, what are your overall thoughts on his work during this time period? And then we'll get to your favorite film. Well, I'm going to go backwards because I think, well, not quite, because I really think that without speed, he would never have been cast in The Matrix. And that's because before that, people didn't really take him seriously in any way whatsoever. I mean, he was getting some roles and everything like that, but it was never anything that made headlines, you know, to put it that way. And I think that there were also a couple of roles sprinkled throughout there before Speed that didn't really do him any favors. I mean, I'm sorry, but like Much Ado About Nothing, he was not great in that. He, he was pretty terrible in it. And I think it probably could have set him back significantly had it not been for Speed. And here you go from having Keanu as this boyish, charming guy, like this young dude with the floppy hair, to being buff and, you know, with the short hair and just with a serious action face. And the chemistry between him and Sandra Bullock was really great. And I think that that's when people started really paying attention and saying, oh, wow, okay, we've got something here. Not that there wasn't something before, but I just don't think that people really saw that until that point. Because yeah, before that, you have you do have things like like My Own Private Idaho, you have Point Break, which is, you know, <laughs> so many cis hetero guys are like, yeah, Point Break, man. It's like Bad and Bad Boys and, you know, yeah, and Die Hard is the, the, the trifecta. And of course, the Bad Boys are like the um, Fight Club. But yeah, Point Break for the ones who have feelings. Because like, you know, the moment where and they're best friends and he shoots up in the air. And like, you know what that means? And like, it's just really, I really felt it in my heart, man. So that that's, you know, big for his macho cred, I think. Because a lot of the things that he did before that were either really soft or really obscure. So it's it's just very interesting that in the uh, the way that his career progressed in the 80s into the early 90s. And I really, I, it's, he was struggling to get a foothold in Hollywood. He also seemed to be kind of struggling to find really where he wanted to be because he he, he just spread himself very broadly across a bunch of different genres and it didn't really feel like a cohesive body of work until you get past Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure which is still an awesome movie it holds up really well except for one moment and that's when Bill and Ted hug and they call each other the F word that is a bad word about gay people but if you cut that out, the rest of the movie holds up exceptionally well. But yeah, it's it's light and soft and cute. Um, like I said, he's he's a cute boy, good looking, beautiful hair. Um, who wouldn't want them as their partner in a video 
where he just looks very dramatic and you, you just like, oh, I want to hold you, but wait, where is this going? Wait, no, don't. Oh my gosh, I'm so sad now. Let's watch it again so I can be sad again for the next 12 hours as I play this on loop and memorize the song and just sing it. And every now and then it just comes on the radio and then I have a good cry. Nobody knows why. <laughs> oh, <I love> <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so you get to speed. Things take a huge turn for how he's viewed. And yeah, it's not until, cause like, I, I think the devil's advocate is also, it's not the greatest movie in the world. I think it's still pretty good. And I think that his role in it is really interesting. Interesting is a good word for it. But when it gets to the Matrix, that's when everything takes off. Because it really, the Matrix is the perfect role for Keanu Reeves. Um, Neo fits so many of the things that Keanu does exceptionally well. Where he plays somebody who is just coming into knowledge of something. And a wonderment and amazement and also taking on huge responsibilities and what all of this means in the grand scheme of things. It didn't hurt that the, you know, all of the, the amazing special effects that were copied and duplicated and whatever for the next 25 years. We won't talk about the sequels, mostly because they suck, but even though the sequels sucked, Neo is still one of my favorite characters of any character. Like he, he really, it, that's just the impact of Keanu. Like that's when everything really converged to play into his wheelhouse in a way that it's like, you know, once in a lifetime kind of thing where you think that he was defined at one point by Bill and Ted and at one point by Speed and it's not really into the matrix that you get to really know what he can do as an actor. So it's, it's, he's, he's had just in those, in the eighties and nineties, we haven't even gotten further on. You get like a huge range of, of genres and of, of, of types and of characters that he can play. And Though the three that really stand out big time are Ted, Speed Dude, whose name I don't remember, and probably something like John, like John, or Bob, James. Because I've said, I can't even Jack. Get, thank you. Oh, I, was, I knew it was there. You go. Yeah, because I can't even begin to tell you how many times I have seen Speed. So sorry. <laughs> Same. Yeah, and I'm like just like Speed Dude. Jack makes perfect sense. Yeah, so I'm like, you know, man's man's name. So, whatever um so yeah so you have ted you have jack you have neo each very different each highlighting something specific about keanu that is just blow your mind amazing so danelle your overall thoughts on his work in the 80s and 90s oh goodness um <laughs> i would say you know starting with when I discovered him and, and Bill and Ted and just the humor and like Carlos said it just a movie that holds up with, with that exception it's just funny you know <laughs> it's just funny and it's just it's lighthearted fun and 
you know, and I think that's, it, it's really two guys who were friends who made this goofy movie together. And you, you get that, you feel that, right? You feel the friendship, you feel the goofiness, the fun that they had making it. You know, to his more serious work, he really did, and I think Carlos said that really well, he really did such a range of things, you know, starting with his early career, something really serious like Permanent Record, which is one of his very early movies, and he won a actors, Young Actors Award for that film, and it is a beautiful film, um, to silly rom-com stuff like The Night Before that he did with Laurie, uh, Laurie Laughlin, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, to the sports movie Flying um, and Youngblood to, you know, I guess going uh, further, like River's Edge, another serious movie, which is psychologically just very (laughs) twisted, (laughs) you know, and then going into more mainstream films, you know, getting something like Point Break, you know, which was a huge, I think, one of the, the turning points for him, you know, with the success of Bill and Ted and the popularity and going to something like Point Break, um, and I, I remember hearing an interview or reading an interview, I can't remember which, but he, I know he was super excited to work with Gary Busey and he talked about that and working with Patrick Swayze. And I've always admired his um, ability to be humble and just, you know, he, he gets excited to work with other actors and, and you know, learn from them. And so um, I think he was super excited about doing that film. And his connection, he's always, that's one of the things I love about him most is you can pretty much pair him with anyone. And he will have chemistry somewhere, whether it's antagonist, protagonist, you know, romantic, whatever. He's got that ability to melt with people. And, um, you know, I think that's why certain everybody kind of gravitates towards him that works with him or comes back for more. I mean, Sandra Bullock has said very many times how much she adores him. And, you know, Paula Abdul had a huge crush on him <laughs> after working with him. I'm like, girl, who wouldn't? But, you know, um, <laughs> Um, I love that video. I thought it was beautiful. I mean, it's just a music video, but it was such a cool remake of the whole Rebel Without a Cause kind of thing. It was fun and it was beautifully done. Stuff like that. So um, Point Break was kind of a highlight for me. I I love that movie. It's fun, you know? Um, And I think, honestly, as a woman, I loved it because it was one of the first action movies directed by a a woman. And you kind of feel that in the film. It's hard driving action, but there's there's something different than the normal, you know, uh, action movies up to that point. And I think it was a turning point in action films. And that's one of the things I love about it. And plus, you know, Patrick Swayze, a legend as well. So, yeah, just a great movie. And then Idaho, such a totally different, you know, 100% just different turnaround. More, I mean, based on Shakespeare and just kind of this weird indie film the range you know um even dracula and i will die on this hill i know he got so much crap for playing jonathan harker and how terrible he was as jonathan harker you're gonna hate me in a few minutes (laughs) it's fine it's fine girl i have heard this for decades i'm good with it but i will die on this hill that he was awesome in that movie and the reason why is because if you've ever read the source material harker is unlikable in the book he is wooden. He is annoying. He is boring. He was written that way. And I think Keanu played that to a T in a way. But I also find that he brought kind of a naivete and an innocence to that character that was necessary for the movie. I, I thought he was great in it. Um, but I know he, he got a lot of flack for it. So that's okay. I will defend him. I'm fine with that. <laughs> 
because we'll get to some movies of his I didn't like. He did. He has done a couple that I am like, eh, whatever. Um, not my favorite, but Speed. Love Speed. Um, again, I think that was a huge turning point, you know, where he started getting into the action stuff. The Matrix, of course, is just amazing. The first, you know, and I, I, I don't hate the sequels as much as some people, um, and that's fine too. But um, I get it. The first one was the best, you know, to me as well, and it was revolutionary and a lot of fun to watch. Um, and again, he did a lot of these really interesting little romances, like Sweet November and, or wait, I don't know if that was- That's, that's not in the, that's not- Yeah, I was gonna say that's a little bit later. And I don't know if A Walk in the Clouds was in the 90s. Yes, that was in the 90s. Okay, I'm getting my years kind of mixed up there, but A Walk in the Clouds is one of my all-time favorite romances that he did. And again, I know he talked about working with, uh, I'm blanking, legend actor um, who plays the uh, patriarch, the grandfather of mm -hmm. the, the main, um, oh, yeah, God. anyway, amazing actor. And I know he talked a lot about Quit, Anthony yeah. Quinn. Anthony Anthony Quinn. Quinn. Yeah, yes. he talked about that was one of the reasons why he took the film, you know, and how excited he was to work with him. And so, yeah, his and his commitment, you know, learning guitar. Uh, or learning to play bass for a permanent record and, and go continuing with that just as a hobby, you know, the things that he was willing to do. So um, very, a huge range in the 80s and 90s. Um, I think he was trying to find kind of his niche. But then again, I also think for him, he didn't want to be a one type of genre type actor. I think he likes the ability to do roles as he wants to do them, you know, whether it's romance, comedy, action whatever so that's one of the things i've loved about his career is it, there's like all you can find pretty much any kind of genre you know that he's done so yeah yeah and paula yeah i i, I think it's, it's unfortunate because he did really get pigeonholed with bill and ted of just being this kind of unintelligent stoner dude who you know couldn't really act and that's so not true so nobody really took him seriously uh, you know audiences didn't really take him seriously obviously he got plenty of roles and you know just trying to get away from that he just took all these different types of roles which you know may or may not have helped him up until you know speed and and that kind of kind of nudged him in one direction and then obviously matrix kind of catapulted him even further and um and one of the interesting things was um i was reading uh, doing a little research um some of these films that he worked on you know he would like worked with al pacino in um devil's advocate and some of these and um even with the matrix movies he would take a pay cut just so he could work with some of these actors or so that the special effects budget would um, be where it needed to be so that they could get a film made or you know things like that so i found that kind of interesting and and um you know, kind of the dedication to, to his, you know, to his, his acting that, you know, he would want to work with these people or make sure that the film get make, got made, you know, the money wasn't the important thing. It was, you know, being able to work with people or, you know, just the film being made in general. And so, um, yeah, I really like that about, about him. And, um, I think, uh, Carla and Danelle have pretty much said everything else that, that I would, that I would want to say about it. So. Yeah, he's not a, a, a selfish 
actor or selfish person or, you know, I mean, I haven't ever heard any actor say they didn't like working with him. I know Jean, what's his last name? The person who directed the speed movies. I know he, and I think this was mainly because he was upset that Keanu wouldn't return for the second one. But the director, Jean Dumont, did say that, uh, which I think I saw the clip of him saying this earlier today when I was watching a little documentary thing about about Keanu's career. And um, and he said, well, you know, Keanu is just a very passive actor and he also doesn't, you know, doesn't have the same kind of chemistry with Sandra Bullock. And I'm like, I don't understand where you're getting that from. But I think it was just he felt I think he was just pissed because Keanu didn't want to return to this role uh, because I haven't heard anyone other than that little clip that has worked with him say anything bad about him. Most people really love, love working with him. My feelings on Keanu in the 80s and 90s are very up and down. I will be completely honest. I loved him, like I said, in River's Edge. I love, love, love the movie Permanent Record a lot. I have watched that movie. I probably, probably Speed and that one are the ones of his that I've probably watched the most, honestly. And I love that one. And, you know, when I, like I said, I I love, love Parenthood. And I love you to death and all. And I love my own private Idaho, but I will be honest. The reason I love my own private Idaho is not necessarily because of Keanu Reeves. A lot of that is River Phoenix. But what I will say about that movie with Keanu Reeves is, you know, Keanu, I think up until that, that movie, honestly, was kind of the safe guy in a lot of films. I think going along with the stoner thing was also the safe guy. Like he was the guy that, you know, parents, even though you parents wouldn't necessarily want you to bring home this guy because he might not be going anywhere, quote unquote, he's still safe because he's not like that overly sexual. He wasn't overly like sexualized in a lot of respects. And then I think when my own private Idaho came out, he was his character in that kind of deviated a lot from what you had seen him do. And yes, and dangerously is on sort of, but you know, but this one, that one I think really did because he was kind of the more cocky one. He was more sure of himself. Um, he wasn't really doing the stoner thing in that movie at all. So I think that even though it's an indie film and so not everybody, I think might, you know, know this one, from, you know, if you're just getting into his career but I think that was also a turning point in a lot of respects for him because I think that really challenged him and challenged him in a totally different way than other films had up until that point. And you could see it in the performance. And I think you could see most, a lot of performances after that, with the exception of some, I think grew because of that role that he did. I think that really changed and shaped him a lot as an actor uh, and you can see it in different roles that he takes later on and in the 2000s, I think, too. And then I won't say too much about Point Break. I love Point Break, but I love Point Break mainly for the nostalgia of it. I don't think it's actually that great of a movie, <laughs> honestly. And I love Catherine Bigelow because um, I, I, even though I don't like Jeremy Renner anymore, I still love The Hurt Locker a lot. I think that is one of the best war movies ever made, period. Uh, and I think she's an incredible director. Um, so I like her work. I'm just not the biggest. I, it's, I don't think it's that 
great quality wise, but I did like him in that. And I thought um, him and Patrick Swayze worked really well together as well in, in that one too. And then <laughs> I'm sorry, Janelle. I, I, I am not a fan. I, I'm not a fan of the movie Dracula period. So that that's part of the reason I hate that movie. Hate it, hate it, hate it. And I love vampire flicks. That is probably one of my least favorite vampire flicks ever, ever. And it's not just because I don't, I don't like Keanu in it. It's overall, I just don't like it. I don't like almost any of the casting. I think most of the acting is bad, honestly, in that movie. Um, I don't think Gary Oldman's that bad, but I think most, I think a lot of the performances are off in that movie. I think it was a case of a director taking on a project and wanting to think they're above the horror of it. That's honestly, even though there's horror in it, I don't know. That's the way it kind of uh, struck me. And then I agree. I don't think, and much do about nothing. I don't think that's Keanu's wheelhouse. I, I will say, I think Keanu Reeves is a good actor. I think he's turned in some great performances. I'm going to talk about one that I think shocked a lot of people in the 2000s when we get to that. And I think he's got range, but I think he also is one of those actors that does have kind of specific range where I do think there are some things, and this is not an insult to him necessarily because there are a lot of actors like this that you can't really see in certain pieces. And that, and I think Keanu was learning that a lot in, in this early time. So that's a lot of the reason that I kind of went up and down with him as I was like, well, he's not really that great. And he's kind of just one dimensional. He kind of just does all these roles. And even though certain things would stick out to me, but then speed came along. And this was the first time that I was like, holy crap, this man is sexy as fucking hell. And I loved speed. I, I, it's hard to, <laughs> to really put into words. I was kind of obsessed with this movie. I will be honest. <laughs> this was like, this was, I mean, you've known me to be, come on, listeners and my panelists, you know, when I get obsessed with something, Speed was my 1994 obsession. <laughs> I saw this movie so many times and the romance in it and all that kind of stuff. And like the scenes where, you know, when they're <laughs> I'm just picturing his muscles right now. When they're under the bus and they're getting, and he's like holding on to Sandra Bullock and you just see those muscles flexing. I was like, wow, I did not know Keanu Reeves was sexy. I had never found him attractive until this movie. And then my opinion on him completely changed after that movie. And then it changed again, but it completely changed. I was like, okay, now I love this man. And so I went back and rewatched everything and had a different appreciation for his work before then and his work in the 90s i was really 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 loved him and uh the devil's advocate this movie i've only watched once and it's not because i think it's a bad movie it's the exact opposite this movie devastated me devastated me like really broke my psyche and it wasn't because of Keanu Reeves or Al Pacino. I'm not a fan of Al Pacino, as people may know. I do not think Al Pacino is actually that great of an actor. Sorry, but I just don't. <laughs> I never have. I know. I know. It's it's That's something you should never, ever say, but it's true. Um, but it's more for um, Charlize Theron's performance and her character and what her character goes through psychologically that just absolutely just broke my heart into a million, million pieces. And I can never watch this movie again. 
because of that. And I don't know if I feel that same way now, but I remember watching it in the theaters and just crying buckets of tears when it was over because of that. And I know a lot of people criticize this movie, but I thought it was incredibly powerful, but mainly because of that and that performance. And I, But I liked him in it. And I thought it was an interesting performance for him because I think what happened after Speed is he became more of an adult, even though he was an adult, but I think he was considered an adult by mainstream Hollywood. And like Carla said, he would have never gotten the matrix without speed and the matrix really i think changed everything and even though the matrix is very much sci-fi and then also action as well i think keanu is a very different kind of action star and a very different kind of in, in that genre he's not like a james bond he's not like a tom cruise he's not like um Arnold Schwarzenegger he's not like that kind of action star he's he's like a um zen action star <laughs> I don't know that's what just I know that sounds so stupid but he's like he's like an action star that is like that would like meditate before he went out to beat up a bunch of I don't know he's got this kind of calming energy to him well like the other ones that you mentioned are like they fall into a category called meathead Yes. And Keanu clearly does, he just exudes more intelligence and emotional depth than the other ones. So I think that even though he can do all of that same stuff, there's more gravitas to him. Yes. Thank, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. It's more, um, it's not the same of like stupid flighty action movies, even though I'm on the same page as Carla with the sequels to The Matrix. But that's not the same as feeling down on his character, Neo, because I like his character, Neo, a lot. And The Matrix was such a revolutionary film. I don't think a lot of people realize that. That was like, I mean, nowadays, but that was a real revolution. That was groundbreaking film. That And that was a thing. I mean, when that movie came out, that was an event. And I know, sadly, certain people have taken over the red, blue pill thing uh, which is just disgusting because that wasn't the whole purpose of the movie. But yeah, that was an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. That was like an event. And, you know, 1999 in film was an event year in film. You know, you also had Fight Club and um, my favorite movie, Magnolia, and you have a bunch of other things. And so 1999 was like a turning point in film anyway. And I think The Matrix was a turning point in a genre as a whole and a turning point in Keanu Reeves career for sure. Cause I don't think, even though I don't think he would have gotten the matrix without speed, I don't think he would have gotten some of the stuff like John wick without the matrix. So it's kind of like kind of all played into it themselves, um, each other, excuse me. So I want to know Carla of all of the movies he did in the nineties and the eighties. What's your favorite one? I know it's hard, but what's your favorite one? I would just like to point out that I hate you for this. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> You're the worst. You absolutely suck. How dare you, ma'am? How dare you? I. It's so hard to pick because... That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But yes. Um, but... Because there's such different types of movies, it's hard to just be like, this one is my favorite in these 20 years. 
But I, I think I'm going to have to go with The Matrix because that one blew my mind in a way that I didn't realize could happen. It it came at a time when like I was finishing college because, again, I was a kindergarten, but it was super bright. And therefore, we will not read too much into my age when The Matrix came out. You were like, Doogie Howser, really advanced. I was so smart, you guys. You don't even know. Why aren't you practicing medicine now, Carla? I decided to give it up in favor of just going on everybody's podcasts. That's that's all it is. It's a life choice. But yeah, The Matrix. It like you said, it, it's groundbreaking. There were so many elements to it that were so special and unique that have been copied in great ways and terrible ways since then. It's a movie that that still has a, an impact today. Um, and there are so many layers to it that you don't even find out until decades later because of the the Wachowski sisters feeling comfortable with opening up about themselves and about what this movie meant to them. So every time that you watch it, you get something new out of it. And it's largely because of his performance. Without his performance, I think this movie would not have worked. And I think that that's something nobody would have thought that they would say about Keanu Reeves in the, in, you know, up until that point. I, I think that's what makes the, the movie special. You can't imagine anybody else playing that character. No matter how much I love him from before that, this is really the the film that I think really cemented his place in my heart and also his arms and speed. <laughs> his arms and speed were but that's more south know. of my arm area. <laughs> of my heart area, I mean. I know I'm like I was like that's a whole other set of organs. <laughs> I'm thinking south, south, south. <laughs> Yes, my needs tingle so much. Ooh, there's that Keanu tingle again. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my patella is tingling so much right now, man. I, I want someone to write a romance novel and say that line in it, please. Yes, and her patella tingled. <laughs> Okay, so I know, Danelle, you probably want to kill me for this, too. But what's the your favorite? Just one. Your favorite one. How dare you? Ah, okay. I'm with Carla on this. I'm public flogging for Aaron. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. Um, I do have to say um, it was a bad idea to knowing that I love Keanu so much and going on a date to go see Point Break kind of annoyed my date the whole night because I was like drooling over the screen and yeah so let's just say there wasn't really a, more dates after that with <laughs> well you know what he couldn't fine. handle the competition that's on him pretty much um you know yeah so it's 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 a given but anyway <laughs> I would have to say oh god for sentimental reasons I would probably have to go with um, Idaho. Yeah, because of my love of both River and Keanu or The Matrix. I mean, there's so many, you guys. I can't choose. Um, but yeah, I would say probably between those two are probably my favorite. 
And we didn't even like get to like little Buddha or the Prince of There's Pennsylvania. A lot. There's a lot. That, the yeah, Prince of so. Pennsylvania, if you guys have not seen that, it is hysterical. And you know, Bella brought up something interesting that I wanted to point out. She was talking about like the meathead, you know, that kind of genre of like action star and how he has depth to him. He also brought that depth to the kind of stoner character, right? I mean, we wouldn't love Ted Theodore Logan so much if it wasn't for that heart, you know, that sense of um, depth that he has, you know, that's there. Um, and the same with Rupert Marchetta from The Prince of Pennsylvania. There's something so enduring about him in that movie. And great cast, Fred Ward, Bonnie um, Bedella, I think is how you pronounce her last name. Bedelia. Yeah, great cast. Hysterical, hysterical movie. And the offense comes from that, called the Keanu Stomp, comes from the opening credits of that movie. So if you haven't seen it, um, it's a little obscure movie. Highly recommend it. But... Anyway, that's one of my favorites, too. So, yeah, those three. Sorry. Give them all. <laughs> I, I can't. You can't ask okay. me to choose. You're, you're can't, I can't. Too, in a little bit here. So, Paula, what's your favorite? Okay, this actually wasn't as hard for me. As, as great as The Matrix and Speed and as iconic as those roles are for him, it's going to have to go back to the beginning for me in Bill and Ted because those are just... I love those movies so much. Excellent. <laughs> Plus George Carlin. Right. Shout yes. out to George Carlin. I so. mean, I know they're they're silly, they're goofy, they're ridiculous, but I I love them. And yes, so and you know, you say Keanu, and I'm sorry, but that's like the first thing that that pops into my head is Bill and Ted. And Socrates. <laughs> I think that's true for a lot of people in our generation, honestly. And I'm I'm not saying yeah. it's not the other ones, but I think our generation that is one of the big one that really pops up. So yeah. 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 Well, I'm gonna say permanent record for uh, for a lot of personal, personal reasons. I do wanna say though, if you do watch permanent record, which I do recommend you watch it. Um, the only way you can watch this, you can you can rent it on like Amazon Prime and stuff. Is it is about suicide, so trigger warning. It's about suicide. Uh, it, it still holds up because you know for that era, for that time period, you know it was unfairly criticized for being like a TV movie of the week kind of movie, um, except for people like Roger Ebert who called it one of the best films of that year. But it, it, I just want to read something really quickly about it and kind of just sums up. But it was one of only a very small number of films to shine a light on the issue of high-functioning depression and how difficult it is to notice signs of mental illness in someone who appears to, quote-unquote, have everything. Permanent record doesn't shy away from showing you the crippling fear of letting people down that even alpha personalities can often find themselves a slave to or the hopelessness and torment that David's friends and family experience when he decides to end it all. And um, Keanu is really, really uh, very spectacular in this movie because the focus of the movie in the beginning is on his friend, David, who is the one who does, um, who does commit suicide and him dealing with that and 
thinking it was an accident in the beginning and then learning that it's not is really an interesting performance because he is at first just kind of like that stoner slacker guy who's, you know, a musician and that's really what he wants to do and he doesn't push himself hard enough, that kind of stuff. And then it turns into really a lot of self-reflection and a lot of emotional turmoil. And you didn't see a lot of men go through that and a lot of young teenage boys go through that on screen the way that he does. And so that's another reason I appreciate that. And I also appreciated the, the David character too, but I really appreciate Keanu's performance in that. And if you don't cry when there's a certain song that is performed, then I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't think Carla and Paula have seen this. So if you both watch it and you don't cry, you're not invited back on the podcast. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I just loved Carla's face. You know I'm dead inside. You're asking way too much. Oh, I will sob at the drop of a hat, so I'm safe. Oh, then you're going to really cry at this one. If you watch it. But yes, I highly recommend this one. But Plus, for our music one. lovers, there's some iconic musicians in that there movie, is. too. Yes. Like, yeah, which like is pretty Reed awesome. And, yes. Yeah. I yeah. love that movie. Uh, but yeah, but do heed that trigger warning because it is very much, that's very much what this movie deals with. So just remember that. Men deserve toys, too. Manly toys. With Goat Guns, we turned historical firearms into accurate miniature gun models. They are one-third the scale and less than one-tenth the cost. Our die-cast metal models come with intricate working parts so you have something to fidget around with during those work calls. Have a little fun and start your gun model collection today at GoatGuns.com. Okay, so now we're going to move on to his work in the 2000s uh, to present day. So in the 2000s, we open up with a movie that I think a lot of people were like, why the hell are you casting Keanu Reeves as a bad guy? And that's the amazing, spectacular movie, The Gift. There are two amazing movies called The Gift, by the way. I have this theory that maybe if you title your movie The Gift, it just means it's going to be an amazing horror film. I consider this movie a horror film. Uh, I know some people might not, but I do. This is in a spectacular movie, and he is an absolute horrific, awful person, but he is amazing in this movie. First time he's ever terrified me. So really, really good. Then you've got this cute little movie, Sweet November. Um, then you've got Hardball, which... Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, there's a podcast that actually delves deep into this movie and the white savior trope that this is playing into called White People Won't Save You. I recommend this podcast anyway, but they do a really excellent episode about this movie. So I recommend that one. Of course, some of the more Matrix ones and then something's got to give. I put it on here because there was a shout out for the character. Then the movie Constantine, of course. Um, and then the movie that I will defend that a lot of people despise and hate this movie, and that's The Lake House. And I love The Lake House. I don't care what anybody says. I absolutely adore this movie so damn much. One of my favorite love stories ever is this movie. <laughs> and it, of course, sees Keanu and Sandra Bullock together again. And then in the 2000s, you've got um, the movie 
that really changed a lot for him, I think. And that is John Wick in 2014. I will be perfectly honest with everybody here. I have not watched any of these movies. The only part that appeals to me is the fact that I know there's a pit bull in a couple of these. And that appeals to me. And I know there's dogs are a big thing in these movies. I know that. So that's kind of what appeals to me. But no, I have not watched these. And I meant to watch them before this. So I'm sorry I failed everybody out there. I know I failed big time here. And I was like, should I even admit this? But I'm admitting it. I have not seen these. Um, and then you have a horror movie, a little horror movie, where it's, it's another kind of different character for Keanu. And that's Knock Knock. Whew. Uh, that movie. Um, <laughs> not about him. That's not about him. It's just a... And then, of course, he played the... He did the voice of Keanu the cat in the movie Keanu, <laughs> which was a last minute thing. Uh, and then in Always Be My Maybe, he famously played a very douchey version of himself. I love that he did that. And then I just want to shout out his appearance on Between Two Ferns because it's absolutely spectacular and hilarious. So the, that Zach Galifianakis show, I love a lot of the ones he does. And I think the Keanu Reeves one is my absolute favorite, honestly. And then I just want to shout out, since it was shouted out, was Voice of Batman in the new animated movie, which I haven't seen, DC League of Super Pets. So, Carla, what are your overall thoughts on Keanu's career during this time period? Well, I have two thoughts that I wanted to refer back to. No, no, no. I have many more thoughts. Just Two things to about what you said. One, I can't believe I missed a chance to say that. Are you knocking? Knock, knock. <laughs> and the other thing um, has gone out of my mind. So it'll either find me or it won't. Who knows? But I think uh, from the, from two thousand on, we see a Kiana who's more settled in who he is as an actor. And also he has a lot more clout, which means that he can be more picky about the roles that he takes on. Um, and I think, you know, this is just true for any actor, especially an actor who's just trying to establish himself. A lot of times you kind of just take what you can get because you need to eat. And I, I don't think that he has ever sold out his integrity for a role, but I do think that maybe he wasn't exactly swimming in choices and he did the best he could with what was presented mm -hmm. to him. But now, you know, he has speed under his belt. He has the matrix under his belt and he has a lot more to choose from. And I think that between where he was in his, in his career and where he was in his personal life, because he had just, he went through so much in his personal life I think all of that really colors where he, the direction in which he takes his career from that point on. And that's why you can have, you know, you still get a lot of variety in his, in the characters that he chooses and in the projects that he chooses, but it's not as um, all over the place as it was in the first 20 years of his career. Which is why you can have something as just action-y as John Wick. Just, you know, what is it? Like, 
balls to the floor. No, football balls to the to a part balls of the house. That's the one. <laughs> yes, and it was some part of the house. Yes, testicles on the wall. And so yeah, like and, and that has really taken his career to even uh another level. It has kind of solidified him as a as an action star, but an action star who makes really smart choices about the movies that he's making because this isn't this isn't Rambo you know this isn't I don't know like yeah Rambo's kind of mindless you know like and not to say that John Wick is like high art it's not cinema that you might study in a film school but (laughs) (laughs) I'll have you know we studied uh, we studied an action scene from the Matrix in my editing class, and we had to examine it through and edit it in a different well, way. Was in your school's lowbrow week? <laughs> Children, this week we're going to stomach with the masses. We will watch a popular movie, and you will not let it affect your soul. But we will learn from this what we can. Pick at the caucus, so to speak. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so you have John Wick, which I think is one extreme, and then you have Something's Gotta Give, which is, I feel like, another one, but in a much more defined, deliberate way. And I, I love Something's Gotta Give. I love Julian, his character in it. He is a much more mature kind of sexy in this movie because he... he you know he's he's a grown up who is pursuing an older woman and he does it in like a very respectful way i feel i think he he is i think that's what it is it's like a very respectful sexiness and it's there's a lot of sweetness and there's a lot of you know like i see you-ness in it that i i think is lacking in a lot of other roles of this type where it's the extraneous love interest you know so many times and definitely a credit to to the writer and to the to the director of the movie as well but i think that you have to have again that emotional depth to really bring that out um and and i think he was fantastic in it and i um it's one of those roles that i'm really grateful that he was cast in it as a viewer because yes he he's beautiful to look at but beyond that he just seems to have this heart that just comes through the screen and you just want to like have a coffee with him it's like you don't have to marry me man like just can we sit down for coffee and you know he he might say yes because just i think a couple weeks ago there was a couple in london and they were having a wedding and they ran into Keanu in the lobby and the guy was like, hey, why don't you come to our wedding? And Keanu was like, oh, I don't know, man. Thank you for the invite, though. And he went and mingled with people and took pictures with them for like half an hour, even though he was like tired and stuff. Because he's just a cool guy. But digression. And then, you know, even more recently from like the middle of the 2010s till now, you see him, you know, he's he's older at this point, not that you'd know it, because again, the conspiracy theory about him being eternal and ageless and, you know, um, totally believable, by the way. He has, I don't, 
I don't know the man, so I don't know whether or not he's ever been comfortable poking at himself before this point. But it's one thing to just, you know, have a sense of humor about yourself and another to put that on film. So when you have movies like Keanu and you have a movie like Always Be My Maybe, you have to be very comfortable with yourself to lend your brand for comedy that pokes fun at you. Even if you don't, you know, even if you're not yourself a horrible person or just a douchey guy, you're playing somebody who is you being a douchey guy. And that takes a certain amount of vulnerability. And not only that, but it takes chops because, you know, like I, I think about some actors who, even if they're not playing themselves, if they're, if they're playing against type and they just suck at it, that's where I where I, I think you can really tell that he, he actually is good at what he does because he's great at being Bizarro Keanu. You know, I always, like, I'm sorry, but... Brad Pitt on Friends sucked. He th- that was like a just a crappy guest appearance. He he sucked in in that episode, playing against type, and Keanu's playing himself as an opposite of what you know the alters to him would tell you that he is, and he's fantastic in it. And so I'm just really excited to see, and, and it's that that kind of stuff that really endears people to him, that and the fact that, that he is, um, he puts everything of himself on screen, but he doesn't, cha- he doesn't chase fame. He doesn't chase clout. For him, it's, it's, it really seems to be about the craft. And I think that that's what the, the last 20 years have really given you. I mean, you, you had it already before that, but this really solidifies that, that the fact that he became this huge sensational star um with with speed in the matrix and john wick and it hasn't translated into you know uh trying to get followers on instagram and you you know like i don't know like all kinds of cloudy things that clouty not cloudy i mean i don't know about the weather he he can't affect it he's amazing but he can't do that i'm sorry that you know of that's what you you wanted out of him. He 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 can't. I'm so sorry, but yeah, he, he he's not the kind of guy, and that really comes across more and more as he refuses to age. Yes, yes, Danelle. All right, movies in the 2000s. Goodness, um, God, there's so many. The Replacement stands out to me. Um, I know it's like a silly little sports movie, but again, in his hands, in that that movie, if anybody else, it could have just been something kind of flat to, you know, kind of run of the mill. But I think with him, again, his ability to connect with his uh, co-stars and the depth that he has, he made it something more than that. And it is, it's a hilarious movie. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I happen to like football. I'm one of those weird chicks. I do like football. So it is kind of a fun, it's a fun movie, you know, Sweet November. Again, you know, Charlie's Theron absolutely, you know, famously turned down a big role. And I forget what role it was, but it was a really big role just to do that movie with Keanu because she loves working with him. And that speaks volumes. Destination Wedding, which is a more recent movie. If you have not seen that yet, it is absolutely hysterical. Him and Why Not a Writer. Um, back together again 
and that is absolutely just a fun little film. He's done so many, gosh, little indie films um, to the bone where he plays um, a doctor. That was an intense little movie on Netflix, if you haven't seen that. It was actually yeah. really, really well done. Trigger warning for that for body dysmorphia, just really quickly. Trigger warning for body Yes, dysmorphia. yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. It definitely, the ED, if you have issues with that, definitely know that going into watching that movie. But loving that movie. And the John Wick movies are just fun. I mean, as soon as he, I saw the ad with him in that black suit, I was like, oh, hell yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, my phone blew up within days of the trailer coming out. Girl, you know, you're going to go see it. So I'm like, yes, yes. And those are just 100% pure adrenaline hard action movies. And they're fun. So I'm really excited to see where he's going to take an accident in his career. You know, like what other roles he's going to play. Something like going from something like John Wick, being able to play a character like Julian and something's got to give is just to me so much fun. You know, like the shows that he has some serious range um, more than I think what people give credit for. So the believability of the love story, kind of that chemistry between him and Diane um, Keaton was amazing you know you don't always see that and it's either forced in movies I've seen where they've done that kind of thing where it feels a little bit forced it wasn't in that movie again that's a credit to both Diane Keaton and him so yeah I'm kind of excited to see what else he's going to come up with you know like what other movies I know he's got a tv project coming up so I'm kind of excited to see about that you know Constantine was fun too him playing in the DC world. And, and I loved Constantine. I thought it was great. I'd like to see him do more of that. And I just actually took my nieces to see the DC, uh, the, the super pets movie um, and loved it. I didn't even know he was doing the voice of Batman in it. And then I was like, Oh my God, as soon as I heard him, I was like, I know who that is. <laughs> my niece looked over at me. Cause I was like, Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was all excited. And she's just like, what? Okay, what's what? happening with your kneecap? <laughs> I was like, your auntie just loves Batman. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but anyway, no, we have fun. I have fun. I love my nieces. They're awesome. So yeah, I highly recommend that. It's fun. It's a good it's a really cute one. So a lot of fun. Yeah, I think he's grown so much in the last, you know, decades of his career that he's been um, doing film and I think it's just awesome to see the love that he's getting from people finally I think it is so well deserved um, and it's about due time as we were talking before you know I've said I've been on this bandwagon for a very long time and I've taken so much crap so in your face people who've given me crap all those years for loving him yeah y'all can get in the back of the line because I was here first thank you I've never wavered in my love for him all these years my friends can attest to that so but yeah um i love it i love seeing him get the accolades and you know the man's really been through some tragedies and just the fact that he's remained to be such a cool guy take care of his castmates and his crew that he's famous for i mean i know how much you love speed aaron and i think you and i've talked about this story about how him and sandra when they first met and how sweet he was to her. Like they hadn't met. So the director had him like hang out in their trailer and they ended up talking all night. 
and had this like all night conversation. And the next day she wakes up to a glass of milk and oatmeal raisin cookies because somewhere during the night she told him that that's something that she loved and he, he left them for her at a sweet note. Like, how can you not love the man after that? <laughs> like... He reverse Santa's you? That's that's a keeper. A reverse Santa. Right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. what, just what a beautiful person, you know? And from personal experience, when I got to meet him briefly, when his band played in Denver, he it's, it's one of my all-time favorite people that I've ever met. And he was a sweetheart. And I'll just leave it at that. That he was an absolute sweetheart. So, and I fangirled pretty hard. I, I waited until I got around the corner. I didn't freak out in front of him, but yes, <laughs> when I got around the corner, I died. <laughs> so yeah, no, he's absolute. He's an absolute just treasure. He's one of those people that I think will definitely go up to like Betty White status as he gets older. You know, just somebody that everybody loves and well deserved. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And um, that movie that Charlize turned down was the role of Evelyn in Pearl Harbor. Thank you. Yes, I was trying to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So Paula, what are your overall thoughts on this time period? So I I liked the replacements too. That was a fun movie. Um I I'm not really a big sports fan, but I do remember that one. It was it was very funny. I I don't hate the Matrix sequels as much as everybody else, but I, I love a good action sequence. So, you know, there's there's parts of the the sequels that I that I like, not the whole movies themselves, but there's some there's some good parts of them. I just watched for the first time The Lake House last night. And why do people hate it? That was a great I movie. I love it. Because they're so good. They're insane <laughs> if they don't love that movie. Right, people have no standards for for romance. Exactly, that was such a good movie, and I'm mad at myself that I had just only watched it just now. The day the year stood still. That was another one that I really enjoyed. It was a remake of a old 1950s movie, and uh, was really well done. He did a really good job. He played the alien um, in that movie, and uh, it was. He did a really good job on that one. I I really enjoyed that one. I just, for the first time, watched the first John Wick movie last night. There's there's a lot of the more recent ones that I haven't seen. And um, who doesn't love a well-dressed assassin? (laughs) That that dark suit? Yes. Mm, Very good. Yes. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to watching the rest of those. <laughs> I know I feel so bad that I didn't watch him, and I and I actually do like action movies too, so I don't know why. And there's dogs, I don't, <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, and then uh, one of my other favorites, Bill and Ted Face the Music. That movie, I've been waiting for that movie for so long. They've been talking about that for years, years and years and years, and they finally made it. <laughs> and I'm just gonna admit that that movie came out during the pandemic and I, I got a little misty eyed when that one came out because you know we're in this time of you know high stress everybody's uncertain of what's going on everybody's stuck at home and there was just this delightful happy bright ray, ray of sunshine movie that came out and it was wonderful and if you haven't seen it yet why <laughs> you, 
it was just, yeah. So there you go. Well, I'm just going to focus on a couple, a couple of things here. Uh, Cause I think everybody covered it really beautifully. I, I do think this is kind of, I, I think it kind of started late nineties, but I think this is, Keanu's adult period is the best way to put it. I mean, I'm not saying I don't think he was an adult before this. I'm just saying the way he was treated in a lot of the roles he got is like his more respect respected. He had more respect, which he deserved the whole time. But this is when he really, really got it. And I want to just say a, a comment on the, the something's got to give, which has been mentioned a couple of times. Number one, to see a movie where it's an older woman and a younger man is still so flipping rare. And for it to be handled with care is also rare and with love. So shout out for that. And I think the thing with Keanu Reeves, and I'm going to tie it into a kind of a sharp turn here, but the thing with him is he's somebody that as a woman, and, and I'm just saying this in the sexuality size and the sex, sexual size, side, not size. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I thought we weren't that kind of podcast. <laughs> is He's kind of, he strikes me as someone, he's, I think the reason women and a lot of other people love Keanu Reeves is he's very attractive, but he's also got this thing where you feel like you're safe with with him. It's it's never going to be something where he is going to who be like leering at you or not treat you with respect there's something there where he respects you as an equal and probably in a and i don't know this for a fact but probably in a lot of instances actually thinks of you as superior to him in some respects or like he can learn something from you i mean just the story of him with the first time with sandra bullock and the fact that he listened so much to that that he actually left the cookies and those particular cookies that says something about someone's character and the fact that so many uh, women want to work with him and like working with him in a business that notoriously is not always the safest place for women. So I think that right there tells you who he is. So it's kind of like you feel safe with him. And then at the same time, you also feel like he would probably be a, a very generous lover i'm just i mean honestly just to put it out there because i think that's why it works when something's got to give because it's like that thing of like he's very sexy but not in this you know just wham bam thank you ma'am kind of way it's more of this he respects you and respects your pleasure and respects you as a as a fully fleshed out human being and that's what he comes across as in his roles and i don't mean that as a way to like demean him to a piece of like just about his looks or anything i just think that's part of why he appeals because he's safe but he also feels like he would be very attentive to your every need i mean really that's just the way he seems and then it's true and there's also like a gentleness yeah mm -hmm. but there's clearly a physicality yes as well so it's like cover all the bases <laughs> yep and so then taking a hard right turn in that area, <laughs> I just briefly want to talk about the movie Knock Knock. And and the reason I want to talk about this movie. Um, you, knock it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Eli Roth, 
directed and wrote this movie. And if you have listened to some of our horror episodes in the past, so you know how my, how that's my favorite genre and how I think Eli Roth and his brand of horror nearly ruined horror movies. I honestly, I really think that ruined like the new one, stuff like that. Um, I'm not a fan of torture porn. I'm a fan of slashers, but I'm not a fan of torture porn. And while this movie is not exactly torture porn per se, this movie is very hard to watch as a woman, I think, in a lot of respects. But I do want to say, <laughs> even though I, I have issues galore with this movie, if, if has everyone on my panel seen this movie? No. Okay. I was like, Danelle, I'm sure, seen this movie. Um <laughs> Um, so Keanu is married. He's a family man and his family goes out of town and these two young and young youngins, I shouldn't say youngins, but these two young women in their early twenties or just really young show up at his door. And, um, I can't remember what their exact excuse was for being there. They show up at the door. This they do this all the time and they seduce him. They have a threesome and then they torture him. Um, so it's kind of like that. That's what it. That's what the movie is. And he is an absolute scumbag in this movie. I want to say so. It's a very different role as far as like the sexual thing. The reason I bring it up is like you know the threesome scene. It's just it's so sleazy because it's just because you know he's because especially because he's doing this to his wife and he's just oh and it's this really kind of. It's interesting. It's weird to see him in a role where he is taking advantage of young, young women this way because it's so against type of what you feel with him. But I also think that's why he's so good in a movie that is absolute garbage. But I think he's actually really, really good in it. It's an interesting movie to watch because of Keanu Reeves and because of, I think, all of our perceived notions of him. The same thing with the gift, but this to a different degree because of all our preconceived notions of who Keanu Reeves is on screen and who he is watching it, who we might expect or what we expect from a Keanu Reeves performance. And when you watch this, it's so different. So I just wanted to point it out because um, someday we will actually do an episode talking about uh, Eli Roth and all that crap. but. Yeah, so it's it's an interesting movie. I if you're a Keanu fan and you can handle those that genre, I would say watch it just because it's very interesting to watch Keanu Reeves in this kind of role. It's another one where he's pushing the boundaries a lot of what is expected of him. So yeah, it really it. does. I, I would oh, definitely yeah. say that. Yeah. It's definitely it wasn't what I expected at all. I mean, I kind of knew a little bit about the promise going in, but it it and I think it's because we, you know, more than any actor that I can think of, he hasn't really done a lot of roles that were overtly sexual, even though he's done a lot of romance. No. And so to see him in that kind of a role, you know, where these girls come into like a home invasion kind of mentality, like that's their plot, right? But he, oh yeah, hot girl, okay, fine, I'm married, doesn't matter, I'm going to hook up with these girls, you know, falls for it, like the idiot that this character is. But it's weird to see him in that role and kind of being that douchebag. Like the gift was another one. Like you brought that up too. And like, yeah, he was so that movie. Yeah. And that's, that's a different kind because that the gift is different with that. There's the violence in that. 
And then with this, I mean, there's violence in this movie. Of course, it's a horror movie and they're torturing him. But that's the violence isn't necessarily at first coming from him. Um, but it is that this sexual, uh, it's this different sexuality that you've never seen him do on screen before. And that's why it's a really interesting movie to examine and an interesting role for him. And if it had been any other horror director who isn't awful, I think it actually could have been a much better movie and a much better examination of power, of sexual power. And I think that's what it was trying to do. But Eli Roth cannot handle, you know, doing any movie that respects women in any kind of way and female power. But I think that's what that movie was trying to do. So I think if it had been in a different director's hands and having Keanu do that performance, it would have been even more interesting to examine taking somebody who has always felt safe and putting them in a role like that. So, yeah, so I just wanted to point that out. And then also I just, I, we will, I also wanted to say next year, and I don't know if anybody on my panel knows this, but we are going to talk about always be my maybe during our romantic as one of our romantic. Oh my God, Carla's face is amazing. So we're going to be talking about that as part of our romantic comedy. This is where you pause the recording and go put my name on that episode, Erin. That was my sign me up for always be my to a B flame. I think I already put your name down on it, but <laughs> okay, good, just making sure. Yes, yes. So for everyone else, just know we will be talking about that movie next year. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So now I want to know, I know again, everybody's going to be mad at me, but what is your favorite film of the one, one film that's your favorite from this time period, Carla? It was difficult, but I finally decided on... Something's got to give at the lake house. <laughs> oh my God, that was amazing. <laughs> I think it's a great film about a young doctor who falls in love with an older woman and then also has to time travel and write letters to her and eventually meet her. And then she's younger and has dark hair instead. It's just, wow. I, I don't know how these geniuses come up with this, but yeah, something's got to give at the lake house. Number one, for sure. <laughs> now I really want to see, like read a fanfic where this is some weird <laughs> <laughs> Great pick. <laughs> Thank you. Great movie. So, Danelle, I know you want to kill me, but... <laughs> right. Oh, Aaron, you are killing me on this one. Um, oh, okay. 
I'm probably gonna have to go with the lake house too. I but yeah, I'm gonna have to go with the lake house. I mean, there's been so many. I I can't choose. I'm just gonna preface that by saying that there's a dozen that I could name, but if I have, you know, since you're being so mean. I think everybody that listens to this will know, Danelle, that you could pick any, almost any movie. I think I people can't will help know that. it. I, I don't think anyone's going to question your love for Keanu's <laughs> Those fighting words. If you question it, come fight me. I'll beat your ass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, there's, he's done so many great ones. But yeah, I think The Lake House is one of my favorites. It's just a great role. And the chemistry between him and Sandra Bullock is just, they're so great together. I can't, I want to see them do more. I hope they do another movie again soon. I would love to see that. They're so cute together. I agree. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm glad we all love that movie. I just want to say as an aside. <laughs> so, Paula. This one is harder. Because <laughs> I do love the lake house. But I am going to have to go back to Bill and Ted. Because, like I said, I do love these movies. And, like I said, like I was saying when I was talking about it before, the the uh, face of music came out when um, during the pandemic. And I was having a rough time with it because I, I'm an essential, was an essential worker during that time and was struggling with that. And this movie was something I was really looking forward to. And when it came out, you know, that was, that was a big thing for me. And so that's, that's why I'm going with that one. And, and I just, I love those movies so much. I know, I know they're dumb. I know they're silly, but I love them so much. They've, they've always been favorites of mine. And I know he has so many other just great roles, but those will always hold a special place in my heart. So. I, I love that, that you stuck with the Bill and Ted one through the decades there. So, yeah. Uh, well, I am going to go with the gift just I just I love this movie so so much someday we should just do we should do an episode talking about both movies the gift talk about this one and then the other one I think that would be fascinating because it is interesting to me that two of my favorite psychological I consider these like psychological horror type movies are both named the gift so <laughs> be a gift off the gift thing. <laughs> and and if you don't know, I I adore Kate Blanchett so dang much, and she's so dang good in this movie. And I love that the Evil Dead car is in this movie. <laughs> Thank you, Sam Raimi. <laughs> it's amazing that it shows up in this movie. So yes, yes. I mean, Bruce Campbell doesn't, but the car does. <laughs> so we got that. Yeah, close enough. Yeah. But it is a fantastic film. If you've not seen The Gift, please go, go, go watch that movie. It's amazing. Both of the both of the Gift movies. Uh, they're both very different from each other, but go watch them. Okay. Well, now I just want to really quickly, because of, of time, I just want to know if there's any other thing you want to mention about Keanu that you love. Uh, that that I love. Okay his everythingness i i mean th there's no th this is a an actor who has grown to be such a complete 
I don't know, entity in my mind. Like, you just, I, I can't personally pick apart something about him that I like over something else because I think that the reason that he is so beloved is that he's gone through so much in his career and has come to a place where he seems to have so much more confidence that he, than he did in the beginning. And that really is coming across in so many of his choices and his roles and his ability to poke fun at himself publicly and his face is good. face is good <laughs> no i i i agree i love the the graying in his in his beard and i'm not a beard person usually but i like the gray in his immortal face uh <laughs> so danelle uh, is there anything else really quickly you want to add just his diversity you know the fact that he plays music that he remains so humble that he is willing to like Carla, the story about the wedding that she pointed out earlier and things like that. Some family had a street, or he was shooting nearby and they had a sign out in the yard. So he stopped by, you know, and hung out with their kid. And he's just, he's just a cool human being. And I love that. You know, I try to separate the work from the person sometimes, you know, we can't always do that. But with him, it's just like double pleasure because I love his work and I, I just like him as a person. So yeah, I think he's just, he just deserves all the, the cool stuff that's happening. So I'm happy for him and all the love that's going his way. <laughs> so, um, and I'm excited to see what other movies, he, you know, what direction his career is going to take now that, you know, he's been doing this for a few decades. So it would be interesting to see what's, what's next. Um, mm -hmm. I'm always down for that ride. So I, he's one of those actors that I've loved all these years that I've learned from too. Like I've discovered music and things, you know, listening to him in interviews and things that he was into. Like, you know, the Bill and Ted, the haircut was based on the Ramones, you know, Marky Ramone and his nod to his love of the Ramones. And that's how I got into the Ramones, you know, like I heard that I was like, oh, I want to check out this band. And I fell in love with it, you know, through him and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. And Paula, you know, all the stories you hear about him, he just seems to be a, you know, a genuinely kind, decent human being. I haven't ever come across a story where he isn't. And that's rare. Um, he seems like the kind of guy that I would just love to sit down and have a, a conversation with, you know, you know, the, the, the love that he's getting now is, is well-deserved. Yeah, I'll just say that, you know, I'm 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 bummed I didn't get to see you in San Diego. I'm really bummed about that. Uh and I happen to have been across where I couldn't get in where I heard that because Hall H is the place that fills up forever. So I never tried to get in there. And that's one of the places that I couldn't even get in, like, you know, special press person or anything. And um I and I remember Aaron A texted me and I was in a totally different place where I couldn't get in there. Time. She's like, I hear you can get in there and you can get really good seats. Go see him now. And I wouldn't have been able to make it in time. So I'm still bummed about that. Um, but <laughs> so Keanu I, would be another dream interview guest. I would love to just talk to you about your career and your approach to your work and to art, because I just think it would be a fascinating conversation and a very deep and meaningful conversation 
So I'm putting this out into the universe. I don't give a crap about your personal life. Um, unless you want to talk about anything with your personal life, I don't care. Uh, that's not my business. So I just would love to talk to you about your work and the way you approach your art. Um, so I'm just putting that out there in the universe. Maybe that'll happen because I think it would be a very, 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 very amazing conversation that I'd probably learn a lot from. So putting that out there to the universe, make it happen, universe. <laughs> I'm just adding to collection of dark haired guys that you want to talk to one on one. I'll just have my dark haired month <laughs> of interviews. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I'll I'll have to reach out to your people. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> um yes. Yeah, so and I forgot to ask. So this is just gonna be just say the name of the character. We're not getting get into why, but just say the name. So Carla, the name of your favorite Keanu Reeves character doesn't have to be the movie, but if you don't know, Neil. Okay, Danelle. Rupert Marchetta. Paula. Neo. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Jack for the arms. <laughs> Shallow. <laughs> okay, so am I, is anyone else playing Finn Whitrock? Six degrees of Finn. Oh, cool. So, okay, so Paula is anybody else? I know Carla isn't, but today no okay so it's time to play six degrees of fin, of fin wit rock so the only rule is to connect finn to any keanu reeves movie paula okay so finn is an american horror story with kathy bates kathy bates was in day the earth stood still with keanu reeves awesome that was that was that was a quick one that yeah, was a quick one <laughs> <laughs> and and little note, we are recording this on <laughs> the anniversary of when Finn Rittrock ended up becoming somebody that Aaron just could not get enough of because this was a year ago today. We did our first live tweet of American Horror Story double feature. Why I'd known Finn before then. This was the day that his hair came into my life. <laughs> I just said that for Carlos. Look at her face. Oh my God. So happy anniversary, happy finniversary to my Finn crew. I've already told them this, but happy finniversary to my Finn crew. <laughs> I, I wish one of you were here right now to celebrate this with me, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> so <laughs> wow, but like the the diss at us. Like I wish one of you were here instead of these losers. <laughs> right? Guess what? We're out. All right. Never mind. Like I, I know that I spent the last two hours talking to you, riffraff. But you know, if only my real friends were here. <laughs> exactly. It's okay. We've been celebrating in private. <laughs> <laughs> so Finn, come on the show and celebrate your Finn anniversary. I don't know. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I used uh, the movie Permanent Record, and in that movie is Jennifer Rubin. Jennifer Rubin was in the movie The Doors with Debbie Mazur, who was in Empire Records with Renee, Renee Zellweger, who was in the movie Judy with Finn. So there you go. And remember, you can play the audience version of Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock by heading on over to our website. It's a fanofthingpod.com. Click 
on the page that is titled Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock. And our, you have until the end of September, because I combined September and August into one for this time. And you're playing with Bojack Horseman, Promising Young Woman, Superstore, and the movie Scare Me. So let us know in six degrees or less how Finn is connected to all four of those. And also, as a reminder, those are all things that we have done episodes on. So please go listen to those episodes as well. You can click on the link to the episodes on that page as well. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and close out. I just want to say thank you to my panelists. I do love you all. Even if you aren't in my Finn crew, I do love you. <laughs> thank you for being here, even though I wish you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Erin, you're stuck with us. It's too late to go back now. <laughs> and it's like, oh god, I can't wait to get off the phone with these people. <laughs> I've been DMing my Finn crew this whole time. Just kidding. I haven't. <laughs> if only you all were here instead. <laughs> Does anybody want to hop in? <laughs> Come celebrate our Finniversary together. Um, <laughs> so, Carla, Carla who I've settled for to have on this show. <laughs> Where can yes. everybody find you and your podcast, Bed, Wed, or Behead? Oh, thank you, Erin, for acknowledging my existence and that of my podcast. <laughs> thank you so much for tolerating my presence this evening and for pointing people to who actually want to, to listen to me and not just settle for me. And my my co-host Meg, our podcast is Bedwetter Behead. You can find it wherever you find quality podcasts. Um, and some places that, you know, we're just there because why not? You can uh, also look for us on Twitter at Bedwet Behead Pod, on Instagram at bed.wet.behead.pod, on other blue social media. If you're still there, please question your life choices, but just look for Bedwetter Behead Podcast so that you have some quality content in your life. Uh, you can also look for me and my musings and my photos on my Instagram and my, what's the thing called? The other thing, Web Twitter. I know it started with a T. Those are at Carla Temis or my website, carlatemis.com. That's C-A-R-L-A. T-E-M-I-S dot com. I mouthed that along with you. <laughs> this is just like like when, when you do the the um the E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to what's the other one? Oh no, it's in that one. Yes. <laughs> That's my favorite part. The you know, the, the Twitter. No, it's in that one. Yes. Love that. Love that. Music to my ears. Aw, I'm so glad I settled for you. <laughs> oh my god! The violence and fl being inflicted on my psyche tonight. <laughs> so, Danelle, where can they find you? <laughs> Sorry, I'm still laughing. Oh my gosh. All right, you can find me at, um, in on Insta or Twitter, um, Draven Pearl. Awesome. Thank you. And Paula. 
You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at It's My Sandbox. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for joining me, you three, that were top priority. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for being here when no one else could be bothered. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty flat, Aaron. That was <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to show my grace and charity by letting you be on in, in front of my face for two hours. My grace and charity. Yep, it's true. Uh, just kidding, everybody. I love everybody. Um, well, not everybody. I love everybody on here. I <laughs> definitely don't love everybody. That well, felt really fake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. On TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, Keanu, feel free to reach out to us at it's a fandom thing pod.com. Head on over to the contact us button and that'll shoot us an email and we'll reach out to you. And on our next episode or next week, we are going to be diving into two shows that, well, one show that's new to me and one that I haven't watched the second season yet. And the first one is Sex Education. So that's a brand new one for me. And then the one that I will be completely honest with my listeners out there. Oh, I'm kind of I'm kind of dreading this one to be quite frank because of the psychological toll. We're going to be talking about euphoria. So, um we're going to have so many so many trigger warnings. Uh so <laughs> just beware if you have seen that show, you should know that there will be trigger warnings for basically everything under the sun. And I'm trying to get my psyche prepared to dive into the show but they should be interesting conversations um so yeah and then also just a heads up by the time this episode drops yes yes when this episode drops we will already have our horror trivia signups there will be a page that will be on our website to sign up for the horror trivia event we are just asking for $5, which does, those will all go to an organization. So everything, but we do have some great prizes that we picked up at 5280. You can go to our Instagram and see that. And hopefully by this time, we will have our second promo video featuring Paula and some members of my Finn crew. <laughs> those are the rest of the beats. Aaron A and Susie and Chrissy, some members of my Finn crew. And then you're feature featuring Paula and people actually like. <laughs> yep. Um, remember, uh, like Finn Whitrock. <laughs> I was gonna say for good skin. I don't know. <laughs> for good air. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> either, so just ignore me. Um, so, so until next time, remember it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and stop Asian hate.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.